Uh, we've been talking about Lord change me. Uh, we've been we've been talking about the fact that um, we all need change in our lives. Am I right? How many how many can stand for some change? Amen. Amen. I mean, you know, you know, sometimes you can be so stuck in your circumstance. You can be so tied down to your troubles. And you can be so, uh, you know, wrapped up in the world that, you know, you find yourself saying, man, I, I, I need a change, but I just don't know how. And that's what this series has been doing. That's what we've been doing in this series. We've been talking about Lord, or we've been asking God to change us. And I've been talking to you about change. And what I did last week, I told you I wanted to talk to you about the four spiritual tools or the four tools spiritually from God that we need from God in order to change. Now, listen, when I say change, I'm talking about changing an attitude. Amen. Ch changing the way you live. Amen. Changing the way you think. Amen. Just imagine if I were to tell you I have the keys, amen, to unlock those things in your life that can bring about permanent change. The question is, do you want it? Amen. And so today we're going to revisit, we're going to revisit for next, this week and next week, we're going to revisit uh, prayer. Because we've been, last week we talked about prayer changes what? Everything, including who? Me. Amen. Prayer changes what? Everything, including me. So today I want to talk about, amen, I want to look at the passage of scripture and I want to deal, I want to talk about today preparing for your change. Uh, a proper method for praying. A proper method for praying. You'll be surprised how many people don't know how to pray. You would be utterly surprised that people pray and they get no answers. Amen. People have been praying for years for stuff and they haven't gotten it yet. And the question is, why hasn't God answered my prayer? If we serve a living God that's alive and well and he's in heaven, amen, and here we are on earth and we are his creatures, right? Why isn't God answering my prayer? And here's the other flip side to the coin. Amen. I want to change. And I told you last week that one of the things that God uses, one of the methods, one of the tools that he uses to change us is prayer. And today we're going to talk about, amen, the method, amen, of praying. All right? So if you have your Bibles, open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. If you don't have it, it should be on the screen here in a minute. And um, what I want you to do, if you stand for the reading of God's word, Matthew chapter 6, I, I, I will, um, this week I'm going to talk about the proper method for praying. Next week I'm going to talk, talk about, Lord, teach us to pray. Lord, teach us to pray. Amen. Matthew chapter 6, and I want you to look at, <clears throat> amen, I want you to look at, Verse 6, amen. If you can stand, just stand for the reading of God's word. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 6. But you, when you pray, 
Go into your inner room. Close your door. And pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. I'll just read verse 7. And when you're praying, do not use meaningless repetition as the Gentiles do. For they suppose that they will be heard for their many words. I want to talk about this morning, amen. Lord, change me, part five. Lord, change me, preparing for your change, amen. Preparing for change, all right? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your grace and mercy. Lord, there's a proper way of doing everything. And as we are here in your church this morning, we are asking in the name of Jesus that you would hear our prayer today. Lord, we've been praying all week. We got an opportunity to see you answer. Now in the name of Jesus, would you bless now the preaching of your word. Stand in my body, think with my mind, speak with my voice. Cancel the schemes and the plans of the enemy, but Lord, I pray that the words would be clear to those who are listening today. That transformation will come in their lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank God. You may be seated in the presence of God. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, ushers. Amen. Thank you, ushers. Today. The last time we looked at prayer, we understood that it's one of the four spiritual tools. One of the four spiritual tools that God uses to change us. I don't know about you this morning, but there are some things in my life that I am not truly happy about. There are things in my life that I wish that I could change. I truly desire for it to change. I've prayed about it, I've talked to God about it, but yet it just seems as if I keep falling right back to the place where I don't want to be. I don't know about you today, but I know that there's something in your life that you truly desire change. Am I by myself? Is there anybody here this morning that wants something change in your life? I mean, you've been, you've been seeking to change your attitude. You've been seeking to change the way you think about that situation. And many people know about prayer. Listen to me real good. Many people know about prayer. But the question is, do they know how to pray? Amen. We all have different ways of talking to God. Am I right? But today I want to look at a way that Jesus instructed us to pray. Jesus 
being God, Jesus being the Savior of the world, he gave us instructions on how to pray. And it's amazing how we come up with different methods, but if we go to Scripture, Jesus tells us how to pray. Could it be that my change is not happening because I don't know how to pray? Could it be that my change is not happening because, amen, I'm not praying correctly? Could it be that my prayer, amen, is not, my change is not happening because, amen, I'm not doing it the right way? Now, there's a right way to do things, and there's a wrong way to do things. And last week I told you, amen, that if you're going to pray, you got to first persist in your prayer. Don't you give up just because you don't see things happening. I told you secondly that you have to believe in the promise of prayer. That whatever you pray for and ask by faith, you got to believe that what you ask for, God will give it to you. I told you that after you pray, you got to pursue what you prayed for. You know, oftentimes we pray for stuff and we do nothing. Amen. Jesus said to ask, seek, and knock. That's what we talked about last week. And I told you last week that not only must you pursue what you prayed for, but you will have proof, come on somebody, that prayer works. Anybody got proof today? Anybody got proof? Anybody here, you are a byproduct of prayer? Come on, somebody. Somebody prayed for you somewhere along in your life. And listen, and change started to happen in your life. You don't go the same places you used to go. You don't talk the way you used to talk. I want to tell you something. When I was lost and in the world, it was somebody. And, and let me tell you something. That somebody was my mama. I wish I had somebody. I want to tell you something. There's something about a mother's prayer. There's something about when mama prays for you. Amen. Amen. Stuff start changing in your life. And I want to share with you this morning that prayer is something that we overlook, but prayer is something that we should be really in tune with. Now, I want change, and God says that today your change can come if you learn how to pray, if you learn the method of praying. And, and so today I want to look at this passage and we find here in verse 1 of chapter 6, we find that Jesus had just finished, he had spoke, he had given the Sermon on the Mount, the be, I'm sorry, the Beatitudes, and in chapter, that's chapter 5, and then in chapter 6, he is talking to his disciples and I found it pretty interesting in what he was saying. Watch what he was saying. Because see, sometimes, you know, you know just because you're saved, right, doesn't mean you're going to get it right all the time. Let, let, me, let me liberate some people here. Listen, pride, just because you're saved and just because you, you've given your life to Christ doesn't mean you're not going to mess up. Doesn't mean that you don't have strongholds. Doesn't mean that you don't have some sins that you're trying to get over. Are you with me? And what Jesus was dealing with at this particular time, he was dealing with some people who thought they were better than everybody. Do I have anybody? I want to say something to you. You got to be careful what you do when you get saved. 
But you got to be careful that you don't look down on others. I told you last week that we cannot judge and pray at the same time. Are you with me? The, the text says in verse 6, he says, verse, chapter 1, I'm sorry, verse 6, uh, chapter 6, verse 1, it says, beware of practicing your righteousness before men to be noticed by them. What is Jesus saying? Jesus is saying, listen, just because you say don't walk around like you got it together, and that's what the Pharisees were doing. They were walking around practicing their righteousness before men, watch this, to be seen. And listen, let me say this to you. All that glitters ain't gold. And everybody that said call themselves preacher ain't preacher. I wish I had somebody. Everybody who say they're saved is not saved. And what, the, what Jesus was addressing here was these Pharisees who were walking around thinking they were better than everybody. Watch the text. The text says, he says, otherwise you have no reward with your father who is what? In heaven. He says, so when you give to the poor, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets so that they may be honored by men. You know what they were doing? They were helping poor people, but they wanted to be seen for what they were doing. Now, I want to tell you something. Sometimes we can get saved and we can get dumb. Are you with me? We can get saved and we can become show-offs. Come on, somebody. We can become saved and we can start walking around making people think that we're something that we're not. And I want to tell you something. Today, the state of the church, amen, people are in church, amen, but they're not living, come on somebody, the way they should be living, but yet they're holding a standard for everybody else. That's what Jesus is dealing with in the context of prayer. In the context of prayer, he's saying, listen, I know where you've been. Listen, I want to tell you something. God knows where you've where you been. And here's the other thing. God knows what you're doing. And so here's what I'd like to do. I'd like to lead that up to God. Come on, somebody. Turn to your neighbor and say, lead that up to God. Lead, lead that up to God. He says, you're practicing your righteousness. You're giving to the poor. What else are you doing? Look what he said. He says, truly I say to you, verse 3, but when you give to the poor, right, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving will be what? In secret. And your father who sees what is done in secret, watch this, will do what? Will reward you, King James says, openly. Now, I want to say this to you. You see in the context that Jesus is telling us that our attitude is important when it comes down to spiritual disciplines. Our attitude about prayer and our life, our lifestyle before God is very important, amen, if you're going to get a prayer through. Are you with me? Now, we're not perfect. I already established that. Right? We all fall short uh, right, of the glory of God. Matter of fact, Jesus said when they brought the adulterous woman before him, he said, they said, oh, she was caught in the act of adultery. Jesus said, okay, I get y'all. I see what y'all trying to do. He says what he said. He said, he who is without sin cast the first stone. 
And then all of a sudden they looked around and nobody was there. The Bible says from the, from the grown folk to the little kids, everybody understands that we all fall short. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect. And guess what? And, and here's the thing. Jesus standing there with her. This is what he said to her. He said, he said, baby, let me tell you something now. He said, now, hold on now. This is my paraphrase right here. I said, now, baby, now, listen. Where, where's everybody at? And then he said, this is what he said. He said, now, baby, go and sin no more. You know what he was telling her? Change her lifestyle. Now, watch this. You want change just like I want change. But the only way for us, come on, somebody, to change the first thing we got to do is go and sin no more. Are you with me? We have to go and at least try. We, we got to try. Now watch this. The power that you need to stop living a certain way comes from your direct connect to God. I want to tell you something. It's prayer that will change everything in your life. So, so what I want to do today, what I want to do today, what I want to do is I want to show you, I want to show you some things. I'm going to give you five things today. Hey, five, the method that will change, watch this, that will change everything in your life. All right? Now, now watch verse five. Verse five says, when you pray, watch what he says now, you are not to be like the who? The hypocrites. <laughs> you know, now, I told you this word last week. The word hypocrite is the word hypocritus in the Greek. The word simply means to be an actor. And some of us, we act, boy, we're great actors. Aren't we great actors? Listen, you may not think you can get that part. You can get that part. Amen. Because all through our lives, come on somebody, we've all been a little bit what? Hypocritical. All through our lives, amen, we've put on the mask and we pretend to be something that we were not. When we were hurting, we covered it up. Come on, somebody. When we were going through, we were covering it up. We were not true about our feelings, so as a result of that, amen, we end up becoming bitter, not better, and we had to act the part throughout our lives. I don't know about you, but I sure enough developed my part that I was playing in my life. And so he says, when you pray, don't be like a hypocrite. Right. So, so what you got to do is this. Look what he says. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners. Amen. So that they may be what? Seen by men. Yes. Now, now, I believe two things in the Bible is private. <laughs> Amen. I believe two things in the Bible is private. And a lot of churches get this wrong. I believe that giving is a private matter. I really do. I, I believe that when you, when you get your gifts and you put it in an envelope, I, I don't believe that you need to walk up here and let everybody see what you did. I wish I had somebody. That's why the box is in the back of the church. That's, that's why it's there, okay? Just want to let you know that, right? Now watch this. Number two, I believe that prayer is a private matter. And, and I want to say this to you. Sometimes we can be praying. Come on, somebody. 
and our motives for prayer is not correct. Sometimes we become so routine in our prayer that, listen, it's so rehearsed and so routine that, listen, when we hear you pray, you're saying the same thing you said last week. See, when you have a private prayer life, it will show publicly. But because I want change, I have to learn the right method. I want to talk to you about the method today. So let's look at verse 6. It says, you know, so he always says, but you. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's talking to believers. He's talking about talking to believers. He says, he says, but to you, but you, when you pray, uh, go into your what? Your inner room. Now, now this word, this word, inner room. It carries the idea in the commercial world, it was used for the movement of money in the commercial world. That's, this, is what the, this is the picture of this word, right? When he says inner room, he says it's a movement of money. He says when you, when you pray, go into your inner room, the movement means movement, right? It, it, it also means in a legal aspect, the word means, it, denote, it denotes going to court. Amen. It also means to take up an office or to have courage or to have hunger. Now watch this, watch this, watch this. You see, what happens to us saints is that when you treat prayer very commonly, amen, then you cannot really see the effects of it. So the first thing that you must do in order to develop the method of praying, the first thing you must do, and I'm going to give it to you, first thing you must do is prepare a private place for your prayer. For prayer. Prepare a what? A private place for prayer. You see, you see here's the thing. Don't treat your private place like a common place. You must have, watch this, a hunger and a strong desire to be in that place. Are you with me? And, and listen, listen, it's your sanctuary. It's sacred. It's, it's sanctified. It's a place where you spend time privately with God. I don't know about you this morning, but how many of you have a private place? A place that you can call your own. A place that you have set apart. Now, this is not a cliche. This is scripture. Amen. He says, when you pray, go into your what? Pri go into your inner room. Watch this. When you decide that you, watch this. When you decide that you'll have this meeting with God every day, you will begin to see change in your life. The text says, Go to this place. Set up this place. Listen, don't let anybody, watch this, invade that place. Come on, somebody. Don't let nobody, amen, interrupt you while you're in that place because that's your time between you and God. How many of you saw a war room? Right? This is where that concept comes from. This is what Jesus tells us, to go into the inner room, listen, that place, the inner court, 
in the tabernacle in the Old Testament. When they went from the courtyard into the inner room, into the holy, not the holy of holies, but into the holy. What was there? See, what you bring in your private place is very important. There was the showbread, that's the word of God. There was the lampstand, that's the Holy Spirit. And there was incense and that, that was symbolic of prayer. And I want to say to you this morning that if you have not set apart a private place, come on somebody, that you can talk to the creator, the one who created you, the one who, yeah, brought you this far by faith, amen, then it's time to start setting up a private place for prayer, all right? Look what he says. He says, but when you pray, go into the inner room. Look what he says next. He says, and close your door. Mm. What does he want you to do? Close your door. You see, oftentimes we can walk into the private place, but we have not shut out the world. So the next thing is, the next thing you must do is put the world out of your prayer closet. Turn to your neighbor and say, put him out. You got to put the world out of your prayer closet. You know what I mean? I mean by, 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 by you going in there, you got your cell phone. I'm on somebody. <laughs> Isn't it amazing when you go to pray how the cell phone just rings, it dings, it dongs, it does everything, right? You know what I mean? You're like, God, I'm trying to pray. And, and, and isn't it amazing how everything starts? Anybody have that kind of trouble? You know what I mean? You're trying to pray and you're going into prayer, right? And everything starts dinging, right? So what you got to do, you got to put the world out of your prayer closet. That's why he says, shut the door. Close it behind you. Listen, there are some things that you got to close out, get out of your prayer closet, because watch this. When the devil comes in your prayer closet, here's how you know. You're praying and he's and in your mind, oh, this ain't going to happen. You're praying and you're hearing another voice in your head telling you, nah, let's hurry up. We got to go. This man, shoot, I'm be late for work. I, you know, you, am I by myself? Watch this. You see, when you shut the world out, when you put the world out, I'm, I'm talking about evicting the world. Come on, somebody. You, he says, shut the door. He says, listen, your prayer life and your prayer is too important, watch this, to let Satan sabotage you. Come on, somebody. Listen, you got to tell the devil, my change is too important for you to be in here. My change, my deliverance, come on, somebody. My blessing is too important for me to let you come up in here. So wherever you find that place to pray, Wherever you're praying at, shut the door. Tell the devil you can't come up in here. Look what the text says. The text says, and then he says, and, and he says, shut the, close the door. And he says, and pray to your father who is in secret. Now, now let me say this to you. You know why our prayers are not answered? Because of our motives. Because of our hearts. 
And so the next thing you got to do, not only must you put the world out of the prayer closet, but pour your heart out to your father in prayer. See, some of us, we got some deep stuff going on inside of us right now. We may smile on the outside, but you got, you're dealing with some deep stuff. You got some stuff that you haven't even talked about. You have some stuff that you haven't dealt with. You have some stuff that has been hurting you for a long time. But may I say this to you, you don't have to wait till you come to church to do this. You can go into your house, find a place, put the devil out and say, Lord, I'm going to sit here and I want to pour my heart out to you in prayer. I'm going to speak to you, God, because I know I can't talk to my daddy. I can't talk to my mama. I can't talk to a counselor. I can't talk to nobody because guess what? I can talk to you because you've given me direct access to you because if any man be in Christ he's a new creature all things have passed away new things have come I have a relationship with my father but the problem with most of us because we didn't have a, a relationship with our earthly daddies it's hard to pray to the heavenly daddy and when we get there to him we are so superficial with God we don't tell him what's up we don't tell him the real deal we lie to him we make promises that we break but if you pour out your heart to him he will change you are you with me I found out that honesty with God is one of the most listen most therapeutic thing it allows you to let go and let God but when we get into the prayer closet, we have these little mechanical things that we do. Our oh, Father, thank you, Jesus. Lord, now bless me. Uh, you know. You know what God wants to get down to? Your core. He want to get to the place that you're hurting. And somebody here today, I want to tell you something. You hurting, baby. You hurting big time. You smiling on the outside, but on the inside, you are hurting. There's pain in there. There's Listen, there's some stuff that you're not dealing with, but God says, I want you to trust me, but I want you to pour out your heart to me. You see, you've got to be honest with him. Tell him your hurts. Tell him your deepest pain. Watch this. Tell God your deepest secret. Now, we all got some secrets. Amen. We all got something. But the only way to deal with it is if you learn how to pour out before God. And, and when you pour out before God, the Bible says that you have the Holy Spirit. And, and let me say something about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit knows all about you. May I ask you a question? When was the last time you poured out to him? When was the last time you emptied your cup? When was the last time you say, God, here I am, God, broken. I'm broken in pieces. You know what? This week I had to do that. This week I had to pour out before God and I had to tell God my deepest hurts. I had to tell him really what's up because I was preparing this message and it convicted me to the point where I had to pour my heart out to him and all of a sudden I find myself in tears. I find myself weeping in his presence. Listen, when was the last time you wept in his presence? Listen, I know God is cool. Amen. I know he's cool. But God also wants to be your father. And if you really want to change, you got to try this. Are you with me? 
Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch, watch the text. Now watch what he says next. He says, and pray to your father what? Now, now notice he says father. Uh-oh. You know what that means? <laughs> You're not alone. You know what that means? You're not illegitimate. You know what that means? You have someone who can protect you, who can provide for you. But notice what he says. He says, pray to your father, pray to your father who is in secret. Here's the thing. If you never cultivate the relationship with him. Listen, people just wait to come to church to hear a word, right? To cultivate a relationship with God. Your father sees who's in secret. Not only does he is in secret, but he sees what you do in secret. Hello, somebody. And the beauty about him, he knows your heart. Look what he says. Look what he says. And your father who sees what is what? Done in secret. So here's my next point. Not only must you pour out your heart, but here's the next one. Pray with sincerity. Be sincere. Don't be superficial. Don't be superficial. Be sincere. God, this is what I need, Father. Listen, y'all don't hesitate. My daughters don't hesitate when they want something. Like, Daddy, I need this. I'm like, Dad, come on. You know how much that costs? And then my other one back there, I tell her, I said, don't, cut, don't ask me for no money. Every time she comes, she wants some money. I said, don't ask. But, Daddy, I didn't want no money. I said, don't ask me for no money. Sincere, right? Isn't that amazing how we get older and we get so distant from him? Wow, that's pretty deep, wasn't it? We're not sincere with him. We tell God things that he already knows. What can you tell him that he doesn't know already? He says to the father who sees what is what? What is done in secret. So here's the question. Are you using your prayer closet for the wrong reason? Are you using your private place as a club? Oh, I'm sorry. Did I say that? Did I say that? Are you using your private place to entertain people? Come on, somebody. See, your private place is your sacred place. But it's a place for you to be sincere. Let me ask you a question. What if you were to be honest for one day? You say, well, I'm always honest. You just lied. Because when the cop pulled you over and said you were speeding, you said, I, did. I wasn't speeding. <laughs> Are you with me? Sincere. Listen, you know what? Truth brings freedom. And when you can be sincere, listen, God takes notice of you every time you set aside time to be in his presence. Watch this. What you say and do in the secret place is in clear view of God. Watch this. You can be sincere because he's about the only person you could probably be sincere with. And isn't that awesome? That I can be honest with God and say, God, listen, this is how I feel. Some of you mad at God. 
Uh-oh. Oh, did I say something? Some of you are not even concerned about God. And I get that. I, hey, you can tell them that. God, if you were there, then this would never happen to me. Really? Tell them. Tell them how you feel. You, you know, tell them. You follow what I'm saying? Because until you get to that point, you will never be free. Because here's the thing. If you can't be sincere with God, how can you be sincere with anybody else? Are you with me? I got one more point. We're going to sit down. Look what he says. He says, and your father who sees what is done where? Will reward you, and I'll take the King James Version, openly. And your father who sees in secret will, now, now here's the point, here's, here's what I'm trying to understand now. Now I want y'all, don't, don't, don't take this the wrong way now, right? Why do I need to be rewarded for praying? Right? He's like, your father who sees you in secret. Now that's not a motivation to pray. I don't know what, whether the motivation I need, but watch this. He says, your father who sees you in secret will reward you openly. Here's what you get to see. The very thing that you prayed for, and it happens, that tells you that he was there when you were in the secret place. Amen. Have you ever prayed, anybody? I mean, you prayed and you've seen some stuff happen. I mean, you were like, you were like, Lord, help me with this. And then all of a sudden, right now, you didn't, you didn't tell nobody you prayed. You didn't ask nobody for prayer. Come on, somebody. You were on your knees. You were desperate. You were destitute. You were in the desert of life. And you said, you know what, God? Please help me. Lord, if you, listen, if I make it home tonight, I promise I ain't going to drink no more, God. <laughs> Now, you said that when you were drunk, and guess what? It's amazing how God hear drunk people and high people prayer. Lord, if you just let me make it this one time, Lord, please let me. Lord, just let me make, make it home. And then you made it home. And then guess what you did? You forgot all about the fact that the God that you just prayed to was the one that answered you. It wasn't no spaceship that got you home. <laughs> Amen. You know, it wasn't none of that kind of stuff. But, but here's, a, here's the last point. I'm giving my last point, but I want to tell you this. He says, your heavenly father who sees what you do in secret will reward you openly. So the last point is this. Here's the last point. Prayer will produce a changed life. You, you know what those rewards are for, about? Change. Prayer will produce a what? Change life. Listen, I'm not what I used to be. And I know some of you are not what you used to be. Now, may I ask you a, an intelligent question real quick? Real intelligent question, okay? And I know you got some intelligent people in here. How did that happen? Somebody ought to say it had to be God. It had to be God. It had 
to be God. Listen, I didn't want to give up the club. I, I didn't want to give up drinking. I didn't want to give up drugging. I Listen, I want to tell you something. I love the world. And the things, I was everything opposite of that scripture. And the things of the world. So it had to be something bigger than me. And the reward was a changed life. Anybody here want to change life? Listen, listen. Anybody here really want to change life? I'm talking about, Pastor, I really want to change life. Let me tell you a story. Uh, shortly after Dallas Seminary was founded in 1924, it came to the point of bankruptcy. All the creditors were at the door. They were getting ready to foreclose at noon. That morning, the founders of the school met in the president's office in the private place. And they got down on their knees and they, they were praying. And Dr. Harry, Harry Ironside, when it was his turn to pray, he was always sarcastic. He says, Lord, we know that the cattle on a thousand hills are yours. Please sell some of those cattle and send us some money. While they were praying, a tall Texan came through the door, true story, through the business office and said, I just sold two carloads of cattle in Fort Worth. I've been trying to make a business deal go through and it just won't work. I feel that the Lord is compelling me to do this, to give this money to the seminary. I don't know if you need this money or not, but the Lord told me to bring it to you. The secretary took the check and knowing something about the financial condition, went to the door of the prayer meeting and tapped on the door timidly. And when she finally got a response, Dr. Schaefer took the check out of her hand and it was for the exact amount for the debt. When he looked at the signature, he recognized the name of the cattle rancher and he turned to Dr. Ironside and said, Harry, God sold them cattle. <laughs> I wish I had somebody. And, and I want to tell you, I've seen God work through prayer. I've seen God transform lives through prayer. The question I have for you today when was the last time you prayed? When was the last time you poured your heart out to God? Sincerely asking him, Lord, change me. You see, I used to think it was all the activities I was doing in church. But it is not that. It's my relationship to my father. The reason that seminary is still around today is because it was built upon prayer. Your life, your finances are going down right now. You're trying to find purpose. You're find, trying to find direction. You're trying to make sense of what's going on. May I say this to you? Get to your private place.